You are Locked On Utes, your daily podcast on the Utah Utes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. On today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast, we're going back to school with Professor Kyle Whittingham as he breaks down the previous week's game, all the dirty details from the win at Stanford, and a lot of Devin Lloyd talk, who coincidentally may be one of two players who amassed some hardware from the Pac-12 as they announced their conference players of the week. The other one, somebody that is incredibly well-deserving from a position group that has really made a strong turnaround and led this team to a lot of success. Also, we'll talk about a recent commitment that the football received, football team received that you should be excited about. All that coming up on today's episode of the Locked on Utes podcast for November 9th, 2021. to a Tuesday edition of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you, as always, for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, and on Tuesdays, we go to school. And we go to school by listening to Kyle Whittingham talk about what happened the previous weekend for Utah football. Here you have the first part of Kyle Whittingham's comments from his press conference today. Hi. Doing good, mate. Okay. Uh, obviously, we played very well uh, Friday night. We had a great week of practice and preparation, but didn't see that coming for sure to uh, to play the way, uh, particularly in the first half that uh, we were able to. But but uh, felt we would play good. But but that was uh, maybe our best half of football in a, in a long time. And so. Uh, it's good to get the win. Um, we're, uh, you know, that's that's our mode right now, and, and it has to be just uh, one game at a time, one week at a time, and and uh, that was our entire focus last week was was trying to get get a win on the road, and uh, it'll be the same this week. There'll be no difference in the way we prepare, in the way we uh, approach things, our focus, our attitude, mindset, the whole the whole deal. So if we can just keep. Uh, in the uh, same mode we're in right now, you know, not not looking past anybody, uh, understanding that uh, the game is won Monday through Friday uh, with your preparation, and uh, you know, just continue to uh, work hard during the week, then then that's uh, going to be in our best interest. So, questions? Now, with receiving comments, I mean, obviously we talked about him and his kind of roller coaster season, but what was it about him that allowed you to kind of just really keep giving him a chance knowing that, not, maybe not even knowing that those types of performances were going to happen? Well, it was the talent level that we saw. I mean, his his talent is is uh, very apparent, and he's got size, he's got speed, he's got quickness, he's got, um, you know, pretty much everything you look for in a running back, and it was just a matter early on of the ball security was not where it needed to be. We by no means ever even considered giving up on him. We just knew, knew we needed to continue to bring him along and and uh, get him to the to the point where uh, everyone feel felt confident in him carrying the football and that he was going to protect it. Is there any guys who are out for the year? No, not not new guys. Yeah, nobody nobody from the past game. 
Now, now going into the game on, on Saturday, they, they, they snapped a 20-game losing streak. You know, do you, do you feel like that, that they kind of now have had that spark to where you guys, it's going to be a little bit more of a challenge going in on Saturday? To, to oh, Arizona snapped their game. Okay, yeah. Um, sure, they, they got uh, confident. That game has to give them confidence, and they, they, uh, you know, they got the win as you mentioned. And uh, I'm sure they're going to do everything in their power to build on that and and uh, try to you know continue the momentum. But but uh, you know, and then conversely, we're going to do everything in our power to try to get a win on the road. And so uh, we'll see what happens. Is there any concern of? Uh, Maybe complacency, just given Arizona's struggles and, and and what they've been this season. Maybe the kids are looking beyond. Sure, hope not. Um, we'll have team meetings today and and uh, address that very. Uh, possibility, but uh, I would guess that that uh, the group that we have here is is uh, got great leadership. I don't guess; I know they have great leadership, and uh, they'll handle it just like we have past several weeks. It's just uh, you know we're settling into our routine, and and it's just uh, rinse and repeat every week. You just start over and and do the same things. Yeah. Yeah, I think they were pretty uh, comfortable with the rotation they had last week, and and uh, my guess is that they'll feel like uh, that's probably uh, you know maybe where they've settled. Uh, we'll see, obviously for sure on, on game day, but but uh, they have had some uh, revolving door of sorts there, and and uh, not able to really get uh, settled in, but uh, they did a nice job on uh, Saturday. When, when you guys played on, on Friday, did, did the team have Saturday and Sunday off? Yes, gave them Saturday and Sunday off. Does that does that benefit you, especially toward, towards the end of the year, where, where even though it's only one extra day off? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, Every, any downtime and rest and recovery time you can give them right now is is a positive. And they had been going, uh, what, 12 straight days uh, prior to that, or more than that, uh, 16 straight days uh, leading into Stanford because of the short week. And uh, so we try to make up for that and, and give them some good downtime. And But downtime is only good if you maximize it and take advantage of it, you know, which we hope, hope they did. What's your knowledge of Jeff Fish? I don't think you've ever. I don't know him very well. I, I've got to know him a little bit at the uh, some of the Pac-12 functions over the last year. Uh, seems like a great guy, and and uh, you know he's got a, a strong resume. But no, I don't know him on a personal level, uh, and have not uh, had a lot of interaction. What did you make I don't personally feel it, and I don't think our players have, you know, there's no indication that they felt it, and we never even talk about it in meetings. You know, we just say we're in good position. That's that's all we, that's as close to talking about the, the standings as we come, and, and uh, just know that, uh, and the key to everything is that we control our destiny. That's the, that's the main thing, is that we're able to control our destiny and, and not rely on anybody else. So, yeah. Kyle, are you aware that you're one win away from tying the program record for COVID in your career? Uh, no, but I guess you just said it, so I, I am now. Didn't Is that you, right? Okay. Didn't mean to catch off guard there. Oh, um, that's right. We talked last week in the wake of Gary Patterson leaving about your legacy, what you've done. Um, approaching a record like that, does that do anything for you in terms of thinking back about what you've accomplished. It does things in terms of feeling fortunate and blessed of all the great players that I've had the chance to coach and that have come through here and have uh, 
put that record together because it's not a, it's not my record. It's a, it's a culmination of a bunch of really good players, a bunch of really good assistant coaches, a bunch of good support from the administration, all tying together. So that's how I look at it. You see a lot of guys obviously for the NFL. I see exactly uh, what the NFL looks for in linebackers. You know, he's got the size, the speed, uh, the explosion, the athleticism, the intelligence, you know, everything that that uh, you see in those elite linebackers in the NFL, Devin possesses. And, and he may have had his best game uh, this past Friday night. He was, he was outstanding. And that interception he made was incredible. And he's leading the league in sacks, I believe, and leading the league in uh, tackles for loss and somewhere in the top three or four in total tackle. So he's he's having an exceptional year. Yeah. Kyle, to follow up on, on what Jeff asked, um, the interception, um, after seeing that on film, just about the athleticism and just the wherewithal to make that play come down with it, just what did you see on the film? Yeah, it's incredible. You know, when it happened in real time, I, I, could, I said, what just happened? You know, because it was so uh, bang, bang. And then you look at the replay board and and uh, it's still like, how did he do that? I mean, you know, the ball the ball was, you know, four feet away and thrown, you know, hard. And he was able to, you know, have the hand-eye coordination and the awareness and the, and the uh, anticipation to, to make that play. That's the first part of Kyle Whittingham's comments from the press conference on Monday. A lot of Devin Lloyd talk there. Sorry about the sound quality. That was something that came from the university. I'm not sure if there was something with a mic up there or what. Just wasn't as good as it normally is. Maybe they forgot to turn the original sound off on the Zoom meeting. Hard to say. But bottom line, some interesting comments from Kyle Whittingham there as uh, he recaps what he said was a very surprising game for the University of Utah. Uh, I don't think anybody really expected Utah to jump ahead on Stanford 35-0, but they rode the wave and finished out strong. It was a great win for the University of Utah. And also, we'll talk about this a little bit in the last segment of the show, but it netted some hardware for Devin Lloyd. We'll talk about that a little later. But I will say this. If you don't get Devin Lloyd in your prize picks, daily fantasy picks, you're probably doing it wrong. And the reason that you need to go to prize picks is because they are the leader in college sports daily fantasy. They offer more college football props than anybody in the world. You can get all the star players from P5 and G5. So you could go with Devin Lloyd. You could go with Carson Strong. Uh, You could go with Rasheen Ali from Marshall who's currently tied for first place in the country with Tyler Algier for 17 touchdowns. Uh, You could also go Tavion Thomas, who's currently tied for six in the country with 14 touchdowns. And at the rate that he's going, he's probably going to get quite a few more. All that stuff is available on prize picks. You can mix and match. Uh, You can do yardage. You can do touchdowns, interceptions thrown, interceptions caught. Whatever it is you want to do, you can do it all there on prize picks. They will even give you a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 if you use the promo code Locked On. Again, that promo code is all one word, Locked On, for a 100% deposit match up to $100. Just pick your two to five players. You can do it across different sports. You can do it across uh, uh, different stat categories. And remember, you're always playing against the numbers, so that gives you a much better chance of coming home with the W. You can use the award-winning app on the Apple App Store or Google Play. Uh, entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. PrizePix is safe and offers fast withdrawals, so don't hesitate. Check out prizepix.com. Use the promo code Locked On or go to your App Store and download the app today. PrizePix is daily fantasy made easy.
Back at it like a bad habit here on the Locked On Utes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you again for making Locked On Utes your first listen every day, free and available on all platforms for your listening pleasure. Not going to delay things any longer. Kyle Whittingham finishes out our second segment with the rest of his commentary from his press conference on Monday. You know, the fact that he was, or he had receiving experience in high school, can he draw upon you know, those things from his past in, in playing out there on the on I think without a doubt that helps him out. Uh, it's more so ball skills come more into play as a DB than a linebacker, but but uh, he's maximized pretty much every opportunity he's had to make, to make an interception because he does have outstanding hands, and that stems from, from uh, as you mentioned, his experience as a receiver way back when. You love takeaways, and you've seen a lot of them over your career. As kind of an unexpected, incredible interception, does that measure up. Maybe Kruger had one against BYU that was pretty unbelievable. I don't know that there's that many out there. What do you think compared to those? Do you remember some? Uh, certainly the, the Paul Kruger one where he came back on the loop and got in the throw lane. Uh, Sean Smith had some spectacular interceptions when he was here. I remember a one-hander against Wyoming up in Laramie. Um, uh, but uh, it's got a rate in the top two, three, or four that I've ever experienced here at Utah. In 2019, you had one of your most efficient offenses you've had probably in your whole time here. This team is rivaling a lot of that in the sense of efficiency and being able to, to move points. I mean, when you compare it to the team in some respects to 2019, is this kind of what you were seeing in terms of their talent and their ability, or what's kind of that? Offensively, I would say yes, and uh, that's why it was so frustrating early in the year because uh, we knew, I knew, that uh, we had the the the. Uh, pieces and the and the uh, just the general uh, building blocks to, to become a really good offense and we, we sputtered early in the year um, but once we got the quarterback position settled once the O-line started playing like they were capable of once we got the right personnel groups uh, majored in the right groups and uh, and then started running the football efficiently everything started to click given how well Given how well the offensive line has played the last two weeks, um, if and when Keaton is ready, how much consideration would be given to not changing anything? Yeah, we'll have to cross that bridge when we come to it because he's not ready yet. Uh, and we possibly be, he may possibly be ready this week, but we haven't got that uh, affirmation yet. But but uh, there's <laughs> it's not broke, you don't fix it. And, and things have been going pretty good uh, the last couple of weeks. And, and that's a credit to Paul Miley and Nick Ford. Nick Ford, uh, you know, proves his jack-of-all-trades uh, ability again. And not, you know, jack-of-all-trades kind of sounds like like you're okay at a bunch of things. He's an expert wherever he plays, and and for him to go out and play left guard at the level he's played, with uh, you know having not very much experience there, has been incredible. Paul Miley has been, uh, uh, you know, we've had a few errant snaps that we got to get corrected, but for the most part, he has done an outstanding job. And so we'll have to uh, think long and hard about what we're going to do when that situation arises. What do you make of uh, Cole, Cole Bishop? You, you guys seem to kind of play him. It looks like you guys played three safeties in that game on Friday. Yeah. What do you make of him? He's an outstanding player. He's going to be, he's just a freshman, true freshman, and he is going to be special. And uh, he's been limited this season by injury, and so we haven't been able to play him nearly as much as we would have liked. Uh, we're paper thin at corner right now, and that was a way to kind of ease the 
the the lack of depth at corner by playing a three safety scheme, uh, four down, two backers, three safeties, two corners instead of the four two five uh, with three corners. And so uh, he's you know he came in and did exactly what we thought he was going to do. And uh, he's big enough. He may end up being a linebacker down the road. That's certainly a possibility. In fact, a lot of his job description Friday night was that of a linebacker. As that third safety he came down in the box and and did uh, you know a lot of what. Uh, what our stud linebacker does. The fact that Cam hasn't been sacked in a month. Okay. Um, how much of that is right? The offensive line is playing well, and how much of that is well? Rising can tuck it and do something with his legs. Probably 50-50, I would say, right on the button. The offensive line has been protecting uh, exceptionally well, but when you have a quarterback that's got such a pocket presence and, and has such an awareness of the rush and can move and get an escape, and uh, not only move and escape, but turn it into a big run, uh, that uh, is really what you, you know, most explosive offenses, particularly in the collegiate level, have a quarterback that can extend plays. If you don't have that, you're very hamstrung. Unless you're better at the other 10 positions, Markedly better, then uh, it's going to be difficult. You've got to have a quarterback that can extend plays. Doesn't have to necessarily be a dual threat that's going to run for 800 yards in the season, but he's got to be able to extend the play and be able to get himself out of jams because uh, he's probably avoided, you know, half a dozen sacks that that a guy without his ability would have been sacked. A couple weeks ago, we were talking about maybe some of the letdown in the defense and kind of just the youth and experience. How much of the difference has been maybe the opponent versus them just really starting to kind of pick things up? What's kind of those changes been like? I think them picking things up and, and uh, gaining experience, and particularly with the front guys, you know, the, a lot of our problems early in the year, uh, particularly in the run game, were, were losing gaps with, with the down guys because they're guys that just hadn't been there before. And so those guys are starting to get uh, get the idea and get things figured out. Um, the, the secondary is, is making plays, and they're, you know, although they did have uh, – uh, five games or so last year. Well, exactly five games to to uh, get their feet wet. But uh, it's just been a work in progress. And I think Coach Scowling and the rest of the defensive staff have done a really good job of bringing those guys along from week to week. The conference is taking a bit of heat nationally for not being very good at all that. And you have to deal with that, especially <laughs> recruiting. What do you say? How do you? Uh, we hardly ever come across that in recruiting. That's not a topic of conversation. And and uh, we got Oregon that's going to the playoffs if they happen today, right? And so I don't know where, you know, I, I prefer to think that we got a lot of balance in this league rather than not very good, as you said. Any more questions? There you have it. Kyle Whittingham's press conference in its fullness. A lot of different discussions there. I tend to agree with Kyle. Shocking, I know, that the Pac-12 is a much better conference than they get credit for, that the eating themselves alive aspect is is part of what makes it so entertaining. I think last weekend was a great example of that. And while it's fine that the rest of the world expects uh, their conferences to choose one single champion and raise them up like... Uh, Simba on the Pride Rock. Uh, the Pac-12 is all about just having a darn good time and making chaos and doing everything it can to uh, not be like everybody else. And that's part of the reason why I love it so much. It's part of the reason why I love Oregon State kicking a 60-yard field goal to get into overtime and then losing to Colorado. And it's part of the reason why I think if you like to uh, invest your Skittles on random outcomes... BetOnline.ag is the spot to go. 
all the football and basketball action this season going on right now. We've got youths coming up. There's jazz going on. Uh, there's teams down south that you can bet against all the time, all that you want. I like. I mean, what better way to en- en- enact your revenge for all the stupid stuff that happens with them than going and betting against them all the time? Uh, you can go to the new updated website for betonline.ag and sign up today. And when you do, if you use the promo code Locked On, you're going to receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, promo code Locked On for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Everything is there: NHL, boxing, UFC, poker, blackjack. Maybe you'd like to roll the dice a little bit. Maybe some roulette. Whatever it is, they've got all the Vegas casino games that you know and love and want to play. Possibly in December when you head there to watch Utah in the Pac-12 championship game? Question mark. So don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet all your favorite sports. Bet online, where the game starts. Finishing things up here on the Locked On Utes podcast as part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and two announcements. I, you know what? It almost seems like this is kind of becoming a regular thing, and and maybe we should just for this season rename the Pac-12 Defensive Player of the Week the Devin Lloyd Award, as Devin Lloyd was an, anointed the Pac the uh, Defensive Player of the Week again. Uh, in addition to that, though, I think it, we all know how amazing Devin Lloyd is. We just heard Kyle Whittingham basically gush for twenty minutes about Devin Lloyd. I've started saying that I think Devin Lloyd is the best defensive player of the Kyle Whittingham era. I think that Eric Weddle, who should have won the Heisman his senior year, you can fight me on that one. I don't care. I'll believe it till I go to my grave, along with the fact that Tim Duncan is a center. I think that Eric Weddle was the best football player, and then he showed it that year with playing quarterback. He was the holder. I believe he moved from cornerback to safety at one point in time as well. Uh, the year before, or I think it was a bowl game right before that when he shut down Calvin Johnson, was incredibly impressive. Uh, just all over everywhere, Eric Weddle was incredibly fun to watch, but I don't know that he had the same kind of impact defensively in terms of just absolutely awe-inspiring plays, I think that interception that Devin Lloyd had was something really special. And and Weddle was a tremendous football player. I don't know that he had some of the athleticism and, and sheer ability that Devin Lloyd has. The other award that was dropped that I think really deserves some recognition, although I just spent the last three or four minutes, two minutes, however many minutes, talking about Devin Lloyd, was Braden Daniels, who was named the Offensive line player of the week. And Daniels, I think, has been the unsung hero of this offensive line. He has been incredibly reliable moving to the right tackle position. He's a little bit undersized for the job, but it has not stopped him at all. Utah's offensive line, I think, has gone four games straight without giving up a sack now. Uh, I probably should have done some prep for that. They produced 581 yards of total offense, which is the most since 2018. 441 yards, the fourth most in program history, the top since 1991. Uh, I I think it was an incredible effort by the running backs to run behind that offensive line. Uh, But uh, Braden Daniels has been fantastic. And and he he has always played hard and fought hard and done a lot to uh, really help this offensive line, this offensive unit, no matter what. But I think it's good that he's finally getting recognized. And he's been doing this for years, by the way. Braden Daniels, if it, well, uh, I believe, was uh, 
Freshman Offensive Lineman of the Week a few years ago through uh, PFF for amassing a really high grade um, way back when he was a freshman. And he had another outstanding grade on Friday night. He graded out at a 92.8 with PFF. I always say take these grades with a grain of salt, but I think this grade in particular follows up the performance that Daniels had. Several pancakes, uh, none quite as uh, forceful as Satao Lomea's, but if you go back and watch the film, he had more than a few, and he was incredibly efficient. Uh, Earned a 91.6 run block grade, had an 84.8 pass block grade, uh, didn't allow a single pressure. He is really stability, uh, added some stability to that right tackle position that's allowed Utah to absorb some uh, some injuries, I guess, maybe on the interior for one with Keaton Bills being out the last few games, but also to uh, find some stability on the interior and, and develop some cohesion. Bam Oleseni talked to Steve Bartle after practice on Monday and said that last game was the first game that they really didn't have to communicate a ton, that everybody was just working together as a unit. I think a lot of that has to do with Daniels just having played so much and really anchoring that unit. I think there's a a lot of credit that needs to go at the feet of Nick Ford, who's continued to perform well. I think starting out at the center position, now moving to guard, he knows what the guards need to do, right? So he knows what he needs to do to help Paul Miley. That's helping Miley get the job done. I think it gives you a little bit more athleticism in the left guard position. Nick can move around a little bit more, and he is an incredibly forceful, active player. I think that's another good reason for all that. Is that enough to maybe keep the same lineup and and move Keaton Bills out of it? I don't think so, uh, but we'll have to wait and see. You know, I think up to this point, there will be people that maybe argued that uh, Utah should have done this sooner, that they should have made some, you know, adjustments in the first two games. And, and I understand that. Um, as I've used this analogy multiple times now, you can't really move the Infinity Stone out of the timeline and expect the timeline to continue on the road that it's down. So in some respects, I think the way that everything happened is is part of what's brought this group together. And I don't know if you want to start messing around with that. The other thing, too, uh, you know, Paul Miley has done a good job filling in. Uh, like I said, he moves well. He knows the position. He knows his job. He is undersized at that center position. And uh, while he does work extremely hard and do a pretty good job, for teams that have a strong interior presence that maybe we just haven't seen yet, and, and again, Stanford, 130th in country in rush, rush defense. So we haven't really seen that from Stanford yet. Um, you're probably not going to see it against Arizona, but you know, Oregon, Colorado, to a degree, those kinds of teams could have an influence there. And and I don't know that you really want to risk what your unit had already been doing well together uh, to make that kind of a change or to start rotating guys especially. Uh, that's th- something I want to stay away from as much as possible, especially as this using unit starting to get some cohesion. So... Huge credit to Brayden Daniels. Also credit to Devin Lloyd as well. Another little announcement uh, on Monday. Utah got a commitment from Tao Johnson, an athlete from in Idaho. And Tao is, oh boy, what an impressive find this was. Not sure what position he's going to play yet at the next level. He currently plays quarterback for his high school, but he has some incredible tape. He had a outstanding visit with the University of Utah when he came down uh, as they played and took on UCLA. So huge credit to the staff for getting that one, locking him down. I think he's a very underrated recruit. He's playing at a high school that hasn't been around for very long. And so that's a great pickup for the University of Utah. And uh, I would expect that he'll have um, 
you know, a pretty sizable solid impact when he shows up in the fall next year. It's I need to think about that one a little bit more in terms of what it's going to be like, because it's going to be a smaller class for sure. Uh, how many guys stay around, you know, what's going to happen with this extended scholarship aspect because of COVID. It, it should be a really fascinating thing. But the good news is that Utah it really is starting to load up in this class with some tremendous athletes. I mean, Cal more than likely ends up at the wide receiver position. Um, kind of a David Reed type athlete. And if that gets you excited and tingly, uh, watching his film will do the same thing too. So very exciting pickup uh, Perfect Utah kind of commitment and under the radar guy that likely will get a, a, a ratings bump as he yeah gets reevaluated. And also coming from Idaho, you know, definitely hurts some of those guys. Look at Jonah Ellis. You know, he's playing as a freshman on the top <laughs> one of the top three teams, top two teams in in the Pac-12, uh, and he's having an impact. So you know, maybe those Idaho boys know some things. We'll see. That's it for today's episode of the Locked On Utes podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Make sure that after you make the Locked on Utes podcast your first listen of the day that you go to the Locked on Pac-12 podcast to get all your daily Pac-12 news in less than 30 minutes with our good friend Cindy Robinson. She does a great job. Uh, A lot of crossover stuff this week. Uh, You may even see, uh, see an appearance or two from me. You can find that on all your favorite platforms. Follow along or go check us out on YouTube as well. Thank you, as always, for joining us here on the Locked On Utes podcast. This has been the Locked On Utes podcast for November the 9th, 2021. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.